Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, right? Lose all their guilty stains. Amen. Had a very have a dear friend, her name is Jan Prince. She used to sing sing that song and I just felt like that no one could sing that song like uh, like Jan. And of course no one can play it like Miss June. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew as we continue our study uh, in Matthew. I thought maybe I'd start off by telling you this. I think maybe you'll get a kick out of it. (laughs) I mentioned about uh, visiting with uh, uh, my sister. And uh, after we we got home, one of my sisters called me, my sister Anna. She's two years older than me. And... uh, she said, well, glad to see that you, that you all made it home safe and we had a fun time. It was good seeing you. She said, but I, I have a question. I have a question for you. She said, your hair, did, did you dye your hair that color? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I don't dye my hair. <laughs> I said, that's just all natural. You know what the Bible says, right? The gray hair is the glory of old men, as long as it's been found in the way of righteousness. <laughs> well, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> so we're in the 11th chapter in the book of, of Matthew, and I don't know that we'll get through the whole chapter. Uh, the uh, Brother Harry, when I was uh, talking with uh, Brother Harry about coming and preaching, he said, well, how long should I preach? You know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes? And I said, well, Probably 30, you know, somewhere in the middle there, but you got to be done not later than a quarter till. Because <laughs> we have to, you know, they have to put stuff away and we have to be out of the, uh, out of the room by, uh, by 12. And so last Sunday, I guess uh, he, he finished up uh, on time and uh, the guys got everything done in, in, in like five minutes or so. 
And so Eden was up here at the, at the front, and uh, <clears throat> he, he mentioned her, he said, well, they, they, these guys got everything packed up so, so quickly, you know. And uh, there was extra time. And, uh, she, and so he said, well, your, your dad said, you know, that I should be done by a quarter, quarter till. And she said, well, he's never done by a <laughs> And so he said, well, you gotta tell him to take his own advice. <laughs> So I'm going to do my best to be done my But uh, Matthew chapter 11, and uh, beginning at verse, verse 1. Now it came to pass, when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And verse 1 actually goes, uh, should have been, you know, in the, when they were dividing the Bible up and organizing it into chapters and verses, they should have put that verse with, with chapter 10, okay? Because it really, it really goes, goes there. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, that is John the Baptist, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces, and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned for you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. 
For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, as we study your word, we pray that you will reveal your truth to us. Teach us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, to the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Enable us, O Lord, empower us with your truth to be faithful servants, to share your word and your love for the lost and dying humanity. And again, Lord, we pray for anyone here who needs to make that decision. We pray that by your spirit, you would impress upon their hearts the urgency and the need to submit to you. In Jesus' name we pray. So John the Baptist has been arrested. And you'll recall that John the Baptist <clears throat> was, you would call, a country preacher. You know, they like to make uh, fun and criticize country preachers. Oh, but those country preachers are blessed with a tremendous amount of, of wisdom and insight. And John the Baptist was one, one powerful, powerful country preacher. And for his preaching, because he, he spoke the truth, he was arrested and put into prison. And there in prison, and he had been in prison for, for some time, and his disciples, that is, his, his students and his followers, would come to visit him from time to time, and he heard about what was going on in the ministry in the life of the Lord Jesus. And so he makes an inquiry about Jesus. Now, scholars debate, you know, what was going through John's mind and heart, and only God really knows. But we're given a little insight <clears throat> when we read in verse 6, where Jesus said, And blessed is he, who is not offended because of me. But maybe there in the prison, and having been there for a while, maybe some doubt began to creep in, or maybe some confusion and distress 
So John the Baptist said, he knew that the scripture taught that the Messiah was coming to deliver. And perhaps he was thinking that that the Lord was going to, at that time, restore the glory to Israel. Because that was in the minds and in the hearts also of the disciples. And so John perhaps was feeling bewildered. And as to the, the point that we have there, everyone has questions. Everyone has questions. And as uh, educators, we're taught to teach children to ask what are referred to as clarifying questions. <laughs> to ask questions for clarification. And teachers are also trained to ask questions for clarification, to ensure that everyone is on the same page. And so John needed some clarification. And so he sends his, his disciples. Now notice how Jesus answers. They, they come to him, and notice how he answers. He, just doesn't, he doesn't come out and give a, a yes. He doesn't say yes or no. But he really does say yes, doesn't he? He says, go and tell. Now what is it that they're to tell? All these miraculous events. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. He says, go and tell, go and, go and witness, give testimony to everything that you have seen including the fact that the poor have the gospel preached to them. And if you were to, to look into the book of Isaiah, you would find that all of these things that Jesus did during his ministry were prophesied that the Messiah would do when he came. Throughout the book of, of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 5 and 6, and Isaiah 61, verses 1, and two. We can, we can turn there. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter uh, 35 first. Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah 35 verses 5 and 6. Well, let me start at verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God, or with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And I'll continue. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the inhabitation of jackal for each leg, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And then Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. 
in verses 1 and 2a. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord Jesus tells the, the students, the disciples of, of John the Baptist to go back and to share what they've heard and what they've seen. And because of John's knowledge, and because of his tender heart toward God, like the lesson in Sunday school this morning, he would know, he would understand that yes, Jesus is the promised Messiah who has come to save the human race. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And what's really interesting is that in the Greek, it's in, in, the, in the English you don't get this, but listen to this, to this Greek word here, skandalistai. Skandalistai. Doesn't it sound like scandal? <laughs> All right. Okay. That's the word that's actually translated offended. Scandalized. Scandalized. You see, when you come to know Christ as Savior, that doesn't mean that you're going to always be treated well. It doesn't mean that you're never going to suffer. It doesn't mean that you're just going to have, you know, a problem-free life. Because oftentimes that's what's preached. And that's just not completely true. But we move on. So Jesus asks the question, and, and he gives a eulogy, if you will, for John the Baptist. He sends John's disciples back. But then Jesus, he provides this, this eulogy because we know that soon John the Baptist will lose his life. Why? Because he dared to preach that it was wrong for the king to take his brother's wife and commit adultery. And so he was arrested and eventually the king's wife would have John the Baptist's head cut off. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Timidity versus boldness. No one would ever categorize or characterize John the Baptist as being timid. Oh, that we had more bold preachers today. And boldness within the Christian community. To stand up and call sin what it really is. Yeah. Instead of compromising and giving in to the standard of the world. The standard of the world is not the standard of God in his word. And again, all this, this confusion, and we've mentioned this several times. God is not confused. God is not the author of confusion. John the Baptist proclaimed God's truth, and he did so boldly. That's what Jesus is saying. He was not a spineless believer. 
And we have too many spineless believers in the church today. We are to be bold, not harsh, not rude, or obnoxious. I've met many of those as well. We're not called to be rude or obnoxious or quickly angered, but we are called to be bold. And that boldness comes from the indwelling and empowering of God the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. When a person comes to know Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live and to dwell within them and empowers them to live the Christian life and to be bold. Notice he says he, he was not a man clothed in soft garments or dressed to impress. Now, in, in ancient times, there was a real disparity between those who were, you know, the haves and the have-nots. That is, the wealthy and the poor. The kings and the religious leaders, too, were quite finely dressed. But here comes John, you know, wrapped in some, some animal skins, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Well, I, I like honey myself. <laughs> and I've never eaten a locust that I know of. Don't plan to. <laughs> All right. But John the Baptist was a a country preacher. And he stood up and boldly proclaimed the truth. A reed, a reed, you know, a reed bends with the wind. And sadly, that's how many Christians are. They bend with the wind. That is the wind of whatever fad is popular today. Like the politicians. I think it was, uh, I think it was Bob Dole. You remember Bob Dole? He was asked about you know, his, his strategy. He said, well, if, I, if, you know, if I'm living in a place where there are a lot of Democrats, well, then I'm a Democrat. Because <laughs> I want the Democrats. But if I'm living in a place that's, you know, that's a majority Republican, well, then I'm Republican. Well, how does that work? Bend like, like the reed? So whatever is popular? Generally, if you stand up for the truth, you're not going to be popular in a positive sense. And if you speak boldly or harshly and tell the truth and call things as they are, you're, you're not going to be real popular either, not in the positive sense. And he says, was he a prophet? He was more than a prophet. Jesus says he was the greatest of, of of men born among women on the earth. And yet, those in the kingdom of God, you see, John the Baptist was the final or the last of the Old Testament prophets. With John the Baptist and his ministry came to close a period of time in the ministry of, of the Lord in his, in his plan. Because now, God himself, in the person of God the Son, was present. And the privileges that the apostles had 
were privileges that the prophets had desired for eons. And that privilege was given to the apostles, to the disciples. And that privilege is given to us today. For we have the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, who lives and dwells within us. It's a fulfillment of Scripture, and Jesus, Jesus mentioned that there, and we, and we read. But one last thing, I, I, I want to quote scholar F.F. Bruce concerning the, the character of, of John the Baptist said John was vigorous with moral conviction integrity strength of will fearless zeal for the truth and righteousness is that you in your relationship with the Lord. And Jesus goes on and he says, woe to the unrepentant. And he calls out a few cities. And here the surprising thing is that these are, are Jewish cities right there in, in the nation of Israel. And then he, he compares them with some Gentile cities, which is not real popular to do. And he goes so far as to say, if the things that he did in those cities were done in Sodom, notice the comparison, that Sodom would still be around today. Sodom. You know, that was a sin, and that was against the law in the U.S. at one time. Did you know that? was referred to as sodomy. And it was a crime. The reason it was a crime was because the Bible declares it as such. But a bunch of people who wanted to serve in office and all these, these compromising Christians and people with, with very low morals compromised. And you see how far the nation has fallen. It has fallen. And immorality and violence and dishonesty. I tell you, when we were on our vacation, <laughs> I thought, man, these people in California are insane. <laughs> the way they drive. <laughs> if you drive the speed limit, you're taking your life into your own hands. I am serious. The number of people, and they're just all passing by, you know. Well, that really makes you feel like you're older. <laughs> just, just drive the speed limit. Or five or 10 miles over the speed they're still just going by you. And I mean almost running into cars. Even on the surface street. So crazy. Somebody, somebody just driving so so fast. You see them in the in the rear view mirror coming up, right? And they do this, they're 
jumping from one lane to the other, and then they have to stop at the red light, and then, you know, you pull up right beside them. <laughs> Absolutely insane. No regard. I mean, I, I was thinking, do they not worry that they'll get a ticket? No, they don't. They don't care. Ah, but that's the way of the nation. With respect to, to morals and to what is actually right, they don't care. Whoa. Spoiled children. Jesus calls them spoiled children. God, we have many of those today, do we not? Spoiled children. He says, John came, and John was very conservative. Locusts and wild honey. And he preached a conservative message. They said he had a demon. That's how they characterize us today. <laughs> All right? If you stand up and speak the truth, they say all kinds of things about you. And they'll even make stuff up to criticize. But then, when they spoke about Jesus, they said, all right, so here's John the Baptist. He's, he's the conservative. And Jesus is the liberal. <laughs> they say he's a glutton and a wine pimper. That's a, that's a you know, the, the translators, that's a fancy word for drunkard. That's what the word actually means. And if you look at it in the Greek, a tippler, right? one who one who frequently drinks alcohol. Because Jesus, and, and, and it goes on and it says, and he, and he, you know, his friends were the tax collectors. So what are they saying? See, the tax collectors were considered traitors to the, to the nation of Israel because they partnered together with the Romans to tax the people. And the, the word that's actually used there comes, it's one of the words that's used in the Bible for love, phileo, uh, that he loves these sinful people. Impl uh, uh, the, 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 the implication is that Jesus is like the people that he hangs around with. Has anyone ever accused you of them? You see, because Jesus had no problem going into a saloon. He had no problem doing that. Because he's the God of all creation. He'll go anywhere he wants to go. Because those people need the Savior. And one of the, one of the things that we had to do as it, when we were in seminary, we had to write our own track, and then we had to, we had to go into the bars and witness you like to have an interesting conversation? Well, go try that out. <laughs> Especially when you're walking out of the bar and someone from your church is passing by. <laughs> and next, and then the, the next Sunday they want to know why you were in there. <laughs> yeah. But you see, certainly Jesus was not a drunkard. Did he drink wine? Yes, he did. Because it was customary. But he was not a drunkard. And you know, there are all kinds of people, they like to explain all kinds of things away. I read one the other day, 
guy said, well, you know, when, when, they, when they observed the Lord's Supper, he didn't say wine. He said, fruit of the vine. Fruit of the vine means wine. It means wine. And then they say, well, the wine back then, well, well, you know, it wasn't as powerful as it is today. And it, it, you, know, you had to just drink so much of it to get inebriated. That is, that's, that's a lie. <laughs> because it, in, in the Corinthian church, what was happening? When they were observing the Lord's Supper, some of them were getting drunk in church. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote to the, to the Corinthians to straighten that out. He said, I hear that when you gather together for the Lord's Supper, some of you are feasting, gluttony, right, and getting drunk, while the others are going without. People trying to improve upon God's word. Now, the Bible says it's actually a blessing that God gives to the earth. Just like the blessing of the sexual union, ah, but it's supposed to occur within the confines of marriage between a husband and a wife. But what does he say? He says, judgment, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And it's a warning. And he makes a statement here. Some of you, maybe you've read this before, and you, you wonder, well, what does that mean? Wisdom is justified of her children. What that means, and let me give it to you here, the results give credence to the validity of the action. What Jesus was referring to there was the ministry. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let Jerry give her a hand. <laughs> um, what Jesus was referring to there was the results of the ministry of both John the Baptist and his own ministry. Were the children, if you will, or the results or the byproduct of the message that they proclaimed. The results of their message would demonstrate that what they were doing was right pleasing God's will. And Jesus identifies himself with the personification of wisdom because wisdom is personified all throughout the, uh, the book of Proverbs. And wisdom, of course, is God. God is wisdom. Amen. Well, it's a quarter two. And we're to the last, to the last page. <laughs> so let's go through these. What do we learn from this passage? Everyone has questions, doubts, confusion, fears, but God gives the clarity. And that, that verse there, Corinthians, states, God is not the author of confusion. Amen. God fulfills his word in his time and in his way. You know, there are so many people who think that God needs to do um, or fulfill his, his, his word the way that they think he ought to fulfill it. <laughs> No, that's not the case. God fulfills his word according to his will and in his time. And he'll use whoever he desires to use, whether you like that person or not. And guess what? He'll bless somebody 
whether you like them or not. So, well, I don't like their personality. If God chooses to bless them, he'll bless them. I have a cousin whose son is, is a pastor. And the Lord has blessed his, 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 his son. But he's angry with his son. Why? Because he lives in a great big fancy house and has a swimming pool. He said, I don't see Jesus living in a big house. Well, God has blessed him. God has blessed him, and he's blessed his church. We visited my older son in Sacramento. He serves in the music ministry of a church that has 10,000 members. And he says they do all kinds of things, and people criticize the church because they spend millions and millions of dollars on doing things for the community, he says, with the goal of reaching people for Christ. And they continue to grow. And he says, we have all these professional athletes, because it's there, you know, in the Bay Area, and they tithe. They make tens of millions of dollars, and they tithe. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. I said, well, it would be nice if one of them were to move over here when they retire. <laughs> the judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Woe. That's a warning. That word woe. Woe is a warning. And we're to sound the alarm. You can read the book of Revelation. And then lastly, Jesus is the promised deliverer who brings salvation. There is no other. It says that in the book of Psalms and in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. No other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be, must be saved. We're going to stand, please, and we're going to sing softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. He's calling you. Have you given your life, your heart to him? Have you followed him in believers' baptism? Are you living a devoted life? Give your life to Christ if you haven't done so. As we sing, you come. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.